Hey everyone, this is Jody Vesley again with the Heartway Pastor and Missionary Caregiver podcast. Uh, I don't know how you guys have been lately, but we have had all kinds of difficulties lately. My wife and I, we've just had attacks from Satan coming from all fronts, um, you know, but I take heart uh, and, I, and I don't lose hope. I just keep following Jesus and trust Jesus. And that's, that's easier said than done, right? You guys know. Um, if, you, if you're also on a journey right now in ministry and you're, and you're going through some challenging troubles, if you're about to go into ministry and you're going through some troubles, if you're, if you're coming off the field and you're going through some troubles, whatever it may be, don't hesitate uh, to reach out to us here at Heartway. Uh, we understand we're all in this together. Uh, we're all in this journey together, and uh, God's called and led us to help others who are also on this journey. So uh, even if it's just um, some questions or some prayer requests, uh, don't hesitate to reach out. We are here and available and would love to help any ministers and their families in any way, uh, regardless of where you serve or who you serve with. Uh, we're, we're here for you. All right, so um, today we're going to be talking about troubles on the field. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure the missionaries listening are like, oh yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot that could be said in this. We're gonna we're gonna limit it. We're not gonna go crazy with it. Um, but hopefully, um, this can be of encouragement to those who are getting ready to go on the field, who may go on the field one day, who are already on the field, um, and then for everyone else uh, who who hasn't moved to a new mission field. Uh, hopefully, this can help give you a better understanding of what missionaries are are going through, how you can pray for them, what their needs are, what they're actually going through that they don't really get to communicate and talk about too often because people just don't want to hear it. (laughs) Let's be honest. Uh, I've never had people ask me, so tell me about, you know, all of the difficulties you faced on the mission field. No. (laughs) Um, But but that's kind of what we're going to do today. We're not all of them, but, but some of them. You know, it's important when we do this uh, to remember back on the Apostle Paul when he was on his missionary journeys, he faced people not believing that he was actually converted, that he was actually a Christian now uh, at that time. He was beaten and stoned. He was imprisoned. He was deserted by some of his close friends. Other preachers were trying to compete with him uh, there was a lack of money. <laughs> I think we can relate to that. Uh, people were plotting to kill him. He was also shipwrecked. Uh, Paul really went through some troubles. Uh, but despite those troubles, God used Paul to accomplish his will and do a lot of great things. Uh, similarly to Paul, missionaries still face troubles today. Big surprise, right? Um I'm going to kind of divide this into different sections. The first section is the announcement. So this 
the announcement is when you've told people where you're going. Uh, maybe they knew uh, you were already surrendering to the ministry. Maybe they didn't. Uh, but regardless, you've told them the location that you feel the Lord is calling you to. This may surprise you, um, but not everyone really wants to hear where you're going. Uh, some people won't think it's a good place. Some people won't think it's a safe place to go. Uh, when I was in seminary, uh, one of the seminaries I went to, someone told me uh, it wouldn't be a good place to go. I should go to some place uh, that had more fruit in the moment that was more quote-unquote ripe for harvest uh, and he specifically mentioned, mentioned Southeast Asia uh, I had prayed about that place I had prayed for years and I felt definitely the Lord's calling for me to go to Russia uh, some people when you announce where you're going they'll uh, vocally voice their concerns they they won't hold anything back um some people will say things in the moment that they'll later regret because they are you know let's be honest if they're close to you if they know you they're probably sad at that moment in some ways i mean there's a little bit of breathing that starts and so expect uh when you make this announcement and and those who are close to you they might go through the grieving process which includes uh, anger is a part. So keep that in mind. Uh, be understanding. Um, you'll have times of sorrow too. Uh, times where you miss people and places. And, and people are going to miss you too. So be understanding of that. Um, when, you, when it comes to the timing of the announcement, don't do it too early. Uh, don't take 10 years, 5 years before you're going there, where you're going. Because uh, it gets kind of old to people. People forget about it or they think you're already there. Uh, and don't announce too late. Don't say, hey, you know, next month we're going to so-and-so. Uh, you need time to raise those funds, raise that support um, through prayer support, financial support, uh, just different partnerships with churches, um, people who can support you um, in that role that God's called you to. You know, I think probably shooting for one to two years before your scheduled move date as an announcement time is, is probably the sweet spot. Um, that'll give you adequate time to uh, announce, to get the word out to several churches and individuals, to um, share your vision, to prepare, um, to to give your family a chance to uh, end well. You know, when it comes to the announcement, getting out info these days is quite challenging. Surprisingly, here in 2022, it's quite challenging to communicate information well. And that's just shocking to me. I mean, sometimes I, I and there's not a whole lot I can do about this. I, I've been at a church, I spoke, you know, uh, for, for 45 minutes time on occasion. And the first uh, 30 minutes of that was our presentation about Russian Ministries Online and then Heartway. And then the last 15 minutes was uh, a sermon. And 
later that same week, I would have people coming up to me, asking me, or even sometimes right after the the sermon and everything, um, asking me questions that I that I very obviously addressed in that time period. I'm not just talking about minute things. I'm talking about major details like number one we are not in the definite future returning to live again in russia uh maybe maybe uh years and years down the road we'll we'll consider moving back depending on what, how god leads uh we would love to visit time and time uh again and again between that time but uh when it comes to living we live in texas uh, we have a house. We own a house here. Um, so no, we're not. We're not tomorrow going back to live in Russia. We've already made that transition, and it's it's these things that it's, it's just difficult to communicate. Maybe people don't listen well. Um, but but I think the biggest thing is there's just way too much information these days. Um, information is coming from everywhere. You're getting text all the time you're getting calls all the time you're getting emails all the time you're getting messages on every kind of messaging platform you can imagine um and things just get lost uh lost in translation um if it's not an emergency to them and they're busy people they're probably uh gonna miss out on it and so uh with that being said uh i think personal contact and writing letters and, and, and sending those in the mail is actually useful now because those things just aren't as common these days. Um, if you can, you know, meet in person with someone uh, and sit down and have a cup of coffee with them or, or, or a meal with them and just and just talk with them that way or, or to write a handwritten letter to someone, address it to them specifically uh, to where it gets to those people that you're, you're writing to. Uh, when we made uh, our announcement when we were going to Russia, there were mixed reactions. I would say the general consensus wasn't positive. Um, uh, however, uh, what would become our sending church uh, was always positive and with us. Uh, they were and they are a family, and for that I was super thankful. Um, it's good to have... Uh, a lot of people that, that really know you and have seen the transformation in your life and have seen God's leading and blessing on your life fully jump on board with how God is calling and leading you. Uh, that is just a huge affirmation. Uh, and, and I can't get over that. So it, it's super, super critical to have um, a great sending church when you make that announcement. Don't make the announcement before you have ascending church. Don't make that announcement publicly before you have ascending church because a missionary by the most basic sense of the definition is one sent. So we need to be sent. Um, all right, finances, okay? I'm kind of a financial guy. Uh, I've been an accountant before. I have a degree in accounting. I have some certifications in clergy tax. I'm a Dave Ramsey Master Solutions financial coach. Um, and I'll say this, that finances on the mission field are not ideal. Um, 
I don't think we have a lot of missionaries and church planners in urban areas because the cost is so high and it is extremely difficult to convey the increased cost of living in ministry because a lot of churches, especially churches in the American Baptist Association, which is our network of churches. Now, there may be some other networks that aren't like this as much, but in that network, I would say most of the churches are located in rural areas um, and are often are oftentimes in cheaper areas that are ch- that have a much lower cheap cost of living than average. So um, to to go in and try to communicate, uh, you know, that the cost of living and 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 the cost of ministry in a place like Stockholm or Paris or London or Toronto um, any any major urban area especially if it's not loaded located in a third world third world country um, it, it's going to be extremely difficult to communicate that uh, that need to the people that don't understand it um, a lot of missionaries because of this are located uh, part part of the reason is uh, they're located in cheaper areas with you know lower cost of living is because of this it's partly because of um, the churches sending them out the churches they're networking with are located in uh, cheaper areas or uh, areas with lower cost of living. So if you are going to an expensive state as a church planter, if you're going to California or Washington State or Maine or parts of New York or um, any any place like that, uh, or, or, or a city that's, you know, pretty large, um, a million plus, you're going to you're going to already be at a disadvantage financially. Um, there's just, it's just, it's just the case. And I'm sorry that's the case, but it's just reality. Um, you have to find people that understand that it's going to take a lot more just to live there, not even considering the ministry costs. We did house church planting in St. Petersburg, Russia for both cultural and financial reasons um it was just how the lord was leading it made sense culturally to do it It made sense financially to do it i can't imagine having to raise millions for a place which is what it would take um if it was even possible Uh, russia has been known to randomly destroy churches overnight and so i'm talking about buildings and so um yeah, that is something to consider before you go somewhere. Uh, if the Lord's calling you, be obedient and following Him wherever He's calling you. But know that you're already at a disadvantage if you're going someplace expensive. Uh, some say you need 80% of your support goal before moving on the field. Um, some some even require 90% or 100 uh, We had about 70%. Uh, we eventually had 100%. But it was like people wanted to see if it would work 
like what we were doing would work before they started supporting us. This is a huge, huge problem for missionaries. I can't emphasize how huge of a problem this is. Uh, as missionaries step out in faith to follow God, churches should also step out in faith to support them. Uh, it takes faith on both ends. I would say this problem has only gotten worse with time. Uh, churches have become more secularized, uh, as everything has become more business-like, uh, and, and, and churches have been burned in the past by um, sometimes unfaithful missionaries. Um, you know, there's, there's just this lack of faith in missionaries that's, that's kind of become prevalent and more prevalent, um, <clears throat> which is unfortunate. Um, another thing about deputation or fundraising people that you think or churches that you think will obviously support you won't necessarily support you um, even if you're like in line with vision you have connections all of these things those you think in no way would ever support you could in fact and many times do in fact support you and that is just insanity there's no logic in it at all um it's mysterious uh so go every, anywhere and everywhere you can to share your heart and your calling share your need let people know if you have a need if you don't have the finances you need to be able to function and, and focus on your ministry uh because you're having you know without proper funding you're having to spend that much more time focusing on the funding aspect um let them know let them know what you lack um, God, there, there are people out there, um, there are people out there, I'm one of them, uh, that when they see a missionary in need, they feel automatically the desire to help meet that need, um, and, and whatever that takes. And so, uh, there are people out there like that, uh, so be aware of that. You never know, uh, who might be listening to you. Uh, on that note, we lack currently about $3,000 a month in support once we hit year-end. Uh, right now we're about um, $2,200 uh, under our monthly support goals um, just to live and function through these ministries. Um, by the end of the year, that will be up to 3000 as it stands. Now, the way you do since there could be some more support coming in um, from what we've been told. However, as of now, that is the case. So uh, something new that I want to tell you about um, where we host our podcast on rss.com. That's our host. Uh, and then from there, it gets put on Apple and Google and everything else. But on rss.com, um, on our podcast, Heartway Pastor and Missionary Caregiver Podcast, there's now a button there to donate, to donate to our ministry. So if you do feel convicted or led in that way, don't hesitate just to hit that button and go through that process. It's super easy. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, share your need uh, like I just did. <laughs> Uh, if you don't, uh, if you, if they don't know you have a need, I don't see, uh, why they 
why they would support you. They're looking for needs. They're looking for missionaries that have needs. If you are a hundred plus percent supported, um, I don't, I don't think it would be reasonable for people to uh, give more support to that need if it's already fully funded and then some. So, uh, especially considering how many missionaries out there that that aren't even close to full funding. Um, so, but in the main thing with finances is put God first and trust Him for the rest. Right, Matthew six. Uh, the next thing I want to address here is the trip, the actual big move overseas or to a new state. Um, you know, before we went to Russia, we had only lived in Texas. I had lived uh, in in Austin for a while. I had lived in Longview for a while, but. For the most part of my life, I've lived around the Houston area. Um, and so, uh, the, the moves in-state, even if it was a several-hour move with, with a U-Haul and some things, is nothing compared to moving overseas. Not every uh, country is it possible or, or logical to ship a crate to. Um, you may not get those supplies. Uh, that's part of the reason we didn't ship it to Russia. Uh, our stuff is we just bought everything there pretty much. We brought, uh, I think, about 10 checked bags and four carry-ons, the four of us moving there at the time. And, uh, you know, the funny thing is, is none of those checked bags arrived. Uh, when we landed in St. Petersburg, um, none of them, none of them, not a single one. It was a sick feeling to see everyone picking up their baggage and not a single one of our tin. However, uh, since all tin were missing, it seemed logical that maybe they would all still be together somewhere. Um, so, uh, side note, side note, sometimes air, airlines weigh your carry-on. Be aware of that, because um, just be prepared. <laughs> they they may not let you bring your carry-on as a carry-on uh, if it exceeds a weight. It really just depends who is at the counter that day is what I've noticed. Uh, because we've, we've definitely brought some 50-pound-plus carry-ons. And you say, how is that? Uh, missionaries, you know. You know how it is. Um, so, if I had to go back and pack again, this move uh, there are some special items uh, that we would have left here maybe within a small storage unit um, even though we had one there were some things we brought with us that I would have left in that and I wonder why did we bring that like it just wasn't a great idea uh, but we ended up bringing things with us that I that I would have left uh, I also would have added additional bags uh, checked bags instead of um, packing my bags to capacity and being way overweight um, it just works out financially just to have an additional bag in the normal weight range um, rather than to have overweight bags um, when we showed up in Russia and we didn't have our bags we had someone waiting for us like there was uh, a friend of ours that we had arranged to pick us up he couldn't you know see us we couldn't see him we are in between passport control and customs in the baggage pickup area. 
And uh, it was just kind of like a no man zone right there. And uh, so we had to fill out so many forms. Um, it was extremely difficult and it took a very long time. And we couldn't tell this person who was waiting for us what was going on, but they waited for us. And I was so thankful for that, that when we finally got out of there, they were there to pick us up. Um, we ended up getting our bags a few days later, thankfully, praise God. Uh, when you do finally make it out of the airport and to wherever you're staying, when you get there, take time getting settled and handling documents, just basic survival, living for a bit. Don't think you're going to hit the ground running with ministry. Uh, you'll, you'll have plenty of time for that. The next topic I want to address is adjustments. Uh, adjustments is, is a trouble of going on the field. Um, one of our big adjustments was doing a lot more walking and using public transportation. It was just a complete lifestyle change because in Texas, everyone just drives everywhere for the most part. And that's, that's America as a whole overall. Um, we also had to transition from living in a house, even if it was a small house, into a smaller apartment. And uh, I was on the fourth floor in downtown in a building that had no elevator. Uh, we had two little kids, a baby and a toddler, uh, when we moved over there. Uh, we learned how to minimize what we brought along with us when we went out. Uh, we had to adjust the way we shopped. We would get less stuff more often instead of more stuff less often. Uh, expect to, as a foreigner, to get taken advantage of at times. Just expect that. Uh, one time we were at a bank and I was needing to exchange some money and they were rushing me and they and it was a lot of money and they only they they ended up not giving me back uh, a significant part of what they should have given me and thankfully i had a good friend that that helped me uh, that knew the culture and they shut the bank down for like 15 minutes while they fixed this issue and ended up giving my money back thankfully uh, but it could have easily not gone that way. And there are definitely times um, that we have lost money just because we were foreigners. Um, there's, I don't know what your field is like, but uh, we had to deal with some negativity. That was an adjustment for us. The culture was more pessimistic. Uh, so uh, people just weren't as friendly as they were in Texas. And we had to get used to that. Um, so that was another adjustment. In your country or your state, there will also be adjustments that you need to be willing to make. You need to be flexible to make to continue keeping on, keeping on effectively. The last thing I want to address is loneliness. Uh, I'm talking about even if you know people around you, the loneliness aspect. Um, there's, there's just something lonely about being in a new culture, speaking a new language if you're overseas. Um, from constant, from our home, from constantly seeing a Russian flag outside of our bedroom window to not being able to have deep, complex conversations with people, it did feel lonely at times, even if you are around people. It felt lonely. It, it felt like you were an outsider, even you're you're trying to acclimate to the culture. 
Um, if you are listening to this and you are lonely, please reach out to someone. Reach out to us. We have Zooms, uh, Zoom meetings uh, with other ministers happening a couple of times a week, Monday evenings and Friday mornings, central time. Uh, so hopefully that would work out for you. Um, one of those times, wherever you're at in the world, um, it's a good place to be encouraged and to get to know other ministers. Uh, I know some people already have networks. They don't need that. But if you need that or you would like that, we would like to have you. So don't hesitate to reach out to me, Jody at heartwaycare.org. If you want to get connected into those Zoom meetings uh, where we just meet with other ministers and talk about different topics related to ministry life and ministry and pray for each other. Um, so this is this has been the Troubles on Going on the Field uh, episode. I hope some of it's been useful to you. It hasn't been everything we've gone through. We've gone through a lot more. Um, some of those we might just have to make a podcast episode just for those specific stories. Uh, because to put them all in one podcast would just take forever. Um, I hope this has been a helpful podcast to you. Uh, maybe if you're a missionary and you're about to go somewhere, you, you, you've gotten something uh, from this that's been helpful. Maybe if you're already there, uh, you've also been able to get something that's been helpful. If you're not a missionary at all and you're not planning to be a missionary, you know, hopefully you were able to have a better understanding now of what missionaries are going through as they prepare for the field and as they're on the field. Until next time, this has been the Heartway Podcast, where we seek to help with issues at the source.